0: This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Thursday, the 10th of November 2022. It's one month till my birthday, but that's not the big headline today. Oh no, the big news is Facebook are laying off 11,000 staff and there's a new accessibility feature coming from Apple.
1: You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible
0: technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? I am excellent. Thank you, Stephen. How are you? Oh, you know me. You know me. Not one to <laughs> complain. Ah, well, no, obviously I don't know you then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who is <laughs> this guy? Get him off. <laughs> uh, yes, hello. Uh, it is another day. Uh, what are we Thirsty? Thursday it's, it's already,
1: already, end of the week
0: I don't know what is going on here, but yeah, Thursday, it is officially Thursday I think we've got over that fight, uh, or at least I have Well, well done Thank you yeah.
1: <laughs> is, it, is there any Elon news this hour? Or, oh, uh, honestly, getting it's getting
0: so difficult to keep up with the news, isn't it? It really is Actually, no, no uh, Elon Musk news at the moment Correct. Although, actually, you say that uh, he did put out an email to his staff today. First email, first, official email. He hasn't just been tweeting out his thoughts uh, as he's been doing. He actually sent out an official email saying, forget working from home, because the whole working from home thing, oh, gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think t- Twitter's policy, I think, was work from home forever. Uh, and then Elon Musk said, well, you can work from home forever if you like. You could just stay at home and not work for well, Twitter. He said...
1: He said this before. He's not a fan of the working from home. He doesn't believe in it. Um, Yeah,
0: what an absolute nightmare. It's not the best, is it? I mean, let's be honest. That's that's not great if that's something you've really... Because a lot of people have. They've got used to it. They've changed their worlds around it. I mean, I know I have. My world changed completely working from home. I was in an office five days a week. I was working in a studio. And I thought, how could you do all this at home? And now I think to myself, how could I not do this? I honestly, I know. don't know what it would be like to not be in this position anymore. Because you know, think about things like just looking after the dogs, or you know, getting the shopping in. If you're doing online deliveries, you know, all the stuff in the house that you have to do. You know, how, where did we have time to do all this before? I have no idea. It's not so much that. It's just you know how much the
1: the amount of work that you do doesn't seem to go down. It's not like you do less work at home. No, you do. I more. mean, you still get the work done. But the, the point I think you is. Do more. I mean, yeah, well, I, I do because you don't have that, you know, I've left the office thing. It's like I'm always in the shed, even at ACM. Yes. Um, but the thing is that, I mean, we sort of making light of this, but the point is that, that working from home is such a boon when it comes to disabled employment. And, you know, what lockdown was and all that period was, was, you yeah. know, a terrible time. But when it comes to working from home as a proof of concept, it's been proven that it does work. Not in every sector, that's true, but mm. in the majority, it's a workable practice. And when I, like I said, when it comes to people with disabilities, it's an incredible um, positive step towards getting people into employment, the ability yeah. to work from home. And for someone in Elon's um, of Elon's uh, status, status is, is just, uh, I'm sorry, what, a, what, a, what an idiot. I nearly swore. <gasps>
0: Can't do that. Oh, no. Mr. F will be... be happy. He will be F for furious if you start uh, that, carry on. God bless you, Mr. F. Um, but it is, it is an interesting time. And uh, the big news of the day really is around Facebook. They've announced 11,000 staff will be being laid off. Um, that's a lot of people. That's a huge amount of people who are going to be laid it off. This, this announcement came in uh, just late yesterday.
1: But what's the percentage of the overall workforce? So that's 13% yeah that's, that's still a huge amount,
0: yes, well, it is a huge amount and considering the fact that that tells you how many people are actually working at Facebook, well, meta to be fair, because you know Meta is a range of brands, right It's not just Facebook, although yes. that is the main one, but of course, there's Instagram, and then there's the whole meta quest, and really that is where this is all kicked off because the truth is the problem here is the amount of investment it seems that he has put into uh meta and the meta. Yes, that's really where the problem lies frankly. I think well, that's he's where all the issues are. Yeah.
1: He's he's put and look, he's obviously some sort of visionary, right? He must be to to get Facebook where it as uh, where yeah. it is. So uh, who says he's wrong? I don't know, but he is gambling on this. I I personally still can't quite conceive of how the metaverse works. I know we've been through it so many times and people have explained it. I still can't conceptualize it in my head how this is going to work in a practical way. Um, you know, Virtual reality, yes, I get it. But I still see that as gaming, to be honest. So I I don't know. But yes, he's gambling on that. And because of that, I mean, Facebook as a social media platform, the numbers have been dropping. It is the granddad social media or grandma
0: social media, isn't it? So the kids say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, uh, I want to get more on this. So we reached out to a journalist who works in the tech space and also tech world, but also in the media space as well. Charlotte Henry writes the edition uh, on Substack, that's a newsletter on Substack. Also, the edition podcast as well. She joins me now to talk more about all this. Uh, Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So, obviously, the news is grim in the tech space at the minute, despite, you know, just only it feels like, what was it, a couple of weeks ago Mark Zuckerberg was standing up telling us that legs were the future.
2: <laughs> uh, sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but my cynicism about the metaverse can't be with, with you know, I can't suppress it.
0: No, it's, it's quite difficult, isn't it? I mean, I have to say that was the weirdest announcement I've ever heard in my life. Um, but yes, legs are coming. Um, unfortunately, your jobs are being taken away. And that seems to be the message at the minute. 11,000 people have been laid off from uh, the meta company. Uh, what do you know about this story? What do you know about the background to this decision?
2: Well, Meta has never, or you know, previously known as Facebook, um, has never done layoffs of this scale. It's really never done mass layoffs as far as I'm aware. But this is now letting 13% of its workforce go, which is by any standards huge. I mean, it's pretty amazing to have a company that it, you can let over 11,000 people go and that's still only just in the low double digits of who you employ. But that you know that's such is there's, there's a reason it's called big tech right yeah um they're also stopping a they're extending their hiring freeze through to the first quarter of 2023 as well so this is this is really serious stuff so not they're letting people go and they're not really bringing new people in um there was an interesting thing in the statement from Mark Zuckerberg uh he said that he at the start of covid, the world rapidly rapidly moved online is his words, and the surge of e-commerce led to outsized revenue growth i e when people couldn't leave their homes, we made loads of money, yeah, <laughs> and this is the interesting bit for me. He said many people predicted this would be a permanent acceleration that would continue even after the pandemic ended. I did too. So I made the decision to significantly increase our investments. Unfortunately, which I think is a weird phrase to say when you're uh, saying the human beings were let out their houses again, this did not play out the way I expected. I think it just shows a sort of Silicon Valley bubble where they thought everyone after being really restricted in what they could do for a you know a good couple of years, was simply gonna continue in their patterns. And actually in lots of ways the evidence is people really like interacting in person with other people. And to Who'd go back have
0: thought, to, eh? That's such right, a unique concept.
2: Bizarre. I mean, as nice as it is to talk to you over a microphone, it would be even nicer if we were sitting in a pub having a pint, wouldn't
0: it? Exactly. That's right.
2: But you know, the, I think tech totally underestimated how the you know, normal humans for want of a better phrase, were going to respond once, you know, things were open again. Um, I think you know, they have totally overestimated, and this is very personal to Mark Zuckerberg because we know how much he, as an individual cares about the metaverse and the metaverse succeeding. And I don't know about you, but I have not received any evidence. Of sort of mass public excitement about it, you know, you were laughing about that thing about legs before, but but it is it is laughable, isn't it?
0: Well, it is, and I think that the problem here is that he's put so much money and so much interest and devotion into the metaverse, and it, it just isn't paying off. Investors are, are nervous about it. Uh, it is causing impact to revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are real concerns here about the future of what this metaverse is, and he's kind of staked everything on it.
2: I don't think there's any kind of about it. I think he actually yeah, has, has, yeah. has yeah. including his personal money as far as I'm aware.
0: So uh, who do we know the the types of people who are being like go here? Do we know what kind of teams are involved? Is it all related to the metaverse or is it
2: No. If the, the statement sort of implies it's across the board, I don't think uh, outside the company we've really had a breakdown of which teams are affected directly, but The statement implies it's really across the board. He talks about both the family of app and reality labs, and reality labs is the bit that's around the metaverse. So it seems to be really across the board. You know, we're talking huge, huge numbers of people, and obviously they were very keen uh, when huge amounts of the world was online to really bring more people in. You know, Mark Zuckerberg in that statement talks about the big investments now that when all have been in people put a large part of any company's salary goes on, uh, uh, income, sorry, goes on salaries and stuff related to the people they employ.
0: But of course, it's not entirely because you bet the house on the metaverse, is it? No. Mean, ad sales are falling as well. And that's, is that the case across the industry, do you find?
2: Uh, I, I mean, I, there's lots of talk. If you talk to people who cover advertising, who, never mind the people that try and sell or buy it, there is huge strain on the digital advertising market. Because, you know, the rates across digital advertising are, in most cases, as I understand it, are really down. And that is putting huge strains on companies. Look, look what's happened to Netflix. Hmm. Netflix had to sell, you know, is selling ads and they are seen as a premium. It's a, it's a novel thing. They are apparently doing well. But generic adverts on a website have become kind of less and less valuable to the people buying the ads.
0: Which is interesting, isn't it? When, you, Especially when you think how much time people spend on their devices. I mean, even to mm. the point where your phone now tells you how long you spend, which can be terrifying. Yes, that's
2: always distressing, isn't it?
0: Isn't it? When you get that screen time report, you think, oh mm. my God. But it, it does seem to me really interesting that, you know, despite our eyeballs and in my case, my earballs being on the phone all the time, um, it, it's not paying off for the companies or at least these companies is it because perhaps the attention is shifting elsewhere i mean what about tiktok what about uh, those kind of platforms the, i guess the younger uh, people who are perhaps more engaged than maybe yeah, look, on facebook
2: tiktok is wildly successful in you know by lots of criteria i actually think the better you know i mentioned netflix before but the perhaps the better comparison we should make is twitter uh we won't delve too much into sort of the craziness of Elon Musk takeover mm, but not one pro- <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly i don't want to inflict that on you but one thing he has very clearly identified very very quickly is that the revenue basically what is not enough and that yeah. the ad model is not enough to sustain twitter and they are trying i noticed an update on my phone just before we spoke actually that He's now pushing me to Twitter Blue for a £6.99, that's obviously UK sterling, uh, monthly subscription. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that is what his focus is on, driving people to subscribers, because clearly he feels the ad revenue model is just not sustainable for them.
0: Well, I think it's interesting. I did want and, to ask you about that, about Twitter in particular, because I think mm-hmm. that at the moment it feels with Elon Musk... That it's a Donald Trump moment again. You know, you'd, mm-hmm. every morning we wake up and we wonder what Elon's doing, and we're going to find out probably within a couple of hours. Uh, but actually, you know, I wonder if there is some concern, or there perhaps is that, that, that it's right that there is concern about revenues. That it's it's not just about you know more money being taken off us to use a service like Twitter. It's actually because look, there just isn't a way for this business to make money. And I've read reports from people saying look, Twitter wouldn't be here next year if Elon Musk didn't take over. Do you think that's fair?
2: I haven't, you know, I'm not a forensic accountant, but there's clearly, look. the Twitter board event was very happy to take Elon's money and get out. Uh, Which
0: is a good point to make, yes. It's a very good point.
2: (laughs) You know, he didn't, you know, they didn't have to accept the bid, but they chose, Mm -hmm. you know, they really, they did uh, at a pretty, you know, some would argue a relatively generous share price. Um, We have also seen, you know, it's not just Facebook conducting these mass layoffs. Twitter laid off huge numbers of staff, had to beg some of them to come back, but, you know, made huge, huge layoffs. We've seen issues at Salesforce where people are being, you know, big tech as a whole and the staff within big tech who, you know, seemed for a long time to be almost untouchable, are really having a difficult time. And there, you know, there is another interesting aspect to this I've heard some other people raise. And it hadn't, I confess, hadn't occurred to me before I heard a couple of other people mention it. But there is going to be a lot of very talented people with fairly decent severance packages without a job in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And we could see some really interesting companies spring up from that.
0: Do you think it's the end of the story on layoffs at uh, Meta, at Twitter, at these companies, or do you think there's more to come?
2: Well, I think the more interesting thing for the short to medium term is the hiring freezes that Mark Zuckerberg's Talked about, you know, he's they're extending their hiring freeze through that first three months of 2023, which again is a pretty big deal. I think they would, re, you know, that's uh, keep saying this number because it's so huge. It's 11,000, over 11,000 people they've had to let go. Mm. I, I don't know how long you, these are big companies, they do need a certain level of staffing to keep the show on the road don't they is yeah. very as i said twitter sort of realized they'd let people they really really need go and we heard reports of them having uh, having to sort of beg people to come back these are not simple you can't just simply go okay bye and keep, you know there are people with fundamental skills that these companies fundamentally need so i think they will try and resist any further layoffs for a while you know <sighs> I I wouldn't like to make any macroeconomic predictions sitting here now, but that's really what's going to be the guiding force, I think, going into next year.
0: Interesting times. Charlotte Henry, thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So really interesting there, Sean, just learning from Charlotte, you know, and and it's it's funny because I didn't think of it this way until she said it, because we had been talking over the past week or so about the announcements that Elon Musk you know, was, was laying off staff, and, and now we're hearing, of course, Facebook laying off staff, that actually all these people are now available to essentially go and do whatever they want to do. They could go and create the next Twitter, whatever the new Twitter looks like. We've been talking about why isn't there something sitting there? But actually, the truth is, something is coming, potentially. It could be coming down the line as a result of these layoffs.
1: I, yeah, I get that. I get that response. But I mean, it, it is kind of looking for the silver lining here, I, I think. I mean, 11,000 people. Um, and, and not all of those are going to be coders or, you know, uh, in a position where they want to set up. But I, I, I do get that. And we, we did say the kind of the same thing, you know, with the t- Twitter layoffs. It was, well, the other companies are saying, come and join us. Um but I, I, these, there's no getting away from that. These are, you know, eleven thousand real people losing their jobs. I'm not sure how many of those are going to come and, and set up the new, you know, Twitter point two or Facebook point three. I, I, who knows? Uh, isn't there? I mean, Jack Dorsey, I believe that's the the Twitter yeah, guy, is that's right, he? Yeah, he's working on uh, a new version of Twitter called Big Sky. I, I read somewhere. So, I mean, Blue Sky. Yeah, there's Blue Sky. Thank you. I'm thinking of the. Um, echo skill that tells me the weather it's it's raining um, I'm actually thinking yeah. of the
0: Chinese I used to go to called Blue Sky that was quite nice I loved that that was a great one yeah Pater Road West but in the, Glasgow the, yeah if you're nearby say hello
1: I'm sorry sorry are we being sponsored are you Are you getting <laughs> a lovely chicken curry and egg fried rice out of this oh, stop it I could,
0: I could go one of those oh. now that's me I'm thinking about oh, that I now. I should a chicken that. fried rice but a chicken fried rice do you do extra gravy on yours uh, what are you talking about gravy no no no
1: no no no. of course not With gravy oh, okay. on okay. rice Okay, yeah. sorry. I, I think I feel, I feel like we've gone off one of our famous tangents here. <laughs> we we've been I'm so well. I'm absolutely
0: starving now you've said that. that is, uh, that's all I'm thinking about. Yes, but you're right. Blue Sky from Jack Dorsey, which to be honest, you know, you kind of think, okay, so, it, you know, he realizes that he maybe shouldn't have sold or maybe they all shouldn't have sold out to Elon Musk because, you know, like Charlotte was saying, they all did get involved in this. They all, you know, they all took the money. Uh, handsomely yeah, paid no, for the true. company. So it's not, you know, it's, it's easy to blame Elon for everything, but, you know, they were all involved in it. They all knew what was going on. And what they didn't and Jack think, Dorsey did did apologise, didn't he? He, he said, did. you know, I do feel like I'm partly to blame or to blame for this as well. So, yeah. yeah. It's an interesting one, that is for sure. Um, so, yes, Facebook laying off 11,000 people. Do you know, I only just put this in perspective, right? Because I was thinking about this, you know, the amount of... um people that that is so in scotland we have what's called the fazley naval base that is where the entire uh crew the entire staff that man or shh, nuclear power whatever it is shh, can, we can't power, talk the, about it no 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 this is public we'll record get raided right? is it but okay this is where the nuclear um trident missile system where basically if it was all to go to port this would be where we'd all be looking to for salvation or running as far away from as quickly as possible. I'm waiting for you to get dragged
1: away. Any minute now, that that studio door is going to be booted in. The entire
0: number number of people who work there is 11,000. Wow, yeah. Right? So that just gives you some sense of perspective. The amount of people we're talking about here are going to be out of work. And like Charlotte says, they're going to be looking for other jobs and, of course, they will get them. But... Uh, although in saying that, again, there's other problems where, you know, other companies are on hiring freezes because, you know, Facebook aren't alone in facing problems around advertising. And, you know, it's, like I said, it's not all about the Meta, Um, although, you know, no. clearly he's, he put a huge amount of effort and, and investment into that. It's just a really, really difficult time, I think, for all these tech companies. The, the advertising just doesn't seem to be working for some reason. And, you know, despite how much time we spend on our devices, that seems to be a problem. So just really interesting, just a really interesting conversation to be had there with um charlotte henry about all that you know please do keep in touch with us and let us know your thoughts because um you know we've obviously been following the story of twitter all week and now facebook and you know it it doesn't seem like anything's getting better you know one of the comments that elon musk made in that email today that he sent out to staff was look guys you know i'm banning working from home that's the first thing and secondly times are going to be tough which i have to say is not the most inspiring first email to get from your new boss um yeah but it does seem that these companies are in, in dire straits. I, I even read a report that said, you know, if Elon Musk hadn't bought Twitter, it would be gone next year.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Twitter's been around for so long. And, and that number of losing four, what, four and a half million pounds or dollars, whatever it may be, a day, it was losing. And hence why he had to make those cuts. Surely, I mean, the, the, they haven't got deep pockets at Twitter. I mean... How did how did it sustain itself for so long then?
0: Mm. And this I, I is just, I, I know I, I mm. kind of I, it's intriguing, isn't it? I mean, I suppose advertising goes so far, right? And when it starts drying up, and of course people aren't buying as much as they were, there's just not as much money floating around. So it, mm, it's maybe. a really it's a it's a bit of a, a difficult time. Uh, interesting though, I've been spending a lot of time on Twitter just because you know I have. Um, and I, I generally do. I mean, for me, it's always been a bit of a news source for, you know, just essentially almost like an RSS reader, which, by the way, just a quick uh, mention to accessible. Uh, let me get this right. Accessible RSS news reader on PC It's a very, very simple uh, and oh. super accessible news reader because I, I, I've been thinking about, right, if I want to get my news sources can I get them somewhere else without you know, having to go to Twitter? Can I just go directly to the source and pull an RSS feed in? And look, there's lots of ways to get RSS feeds. Outlook can get them. Um, I think. Can you do it in Mail? I don't know if the uh, Mail app on Windows allows you to do it. I don't think so. No, yeah. but there are there are lots of custom ones, and you know, on the the PC side, there's probably quite a few. But accessible RSS newsreader, free to buy. Uh, on the Microsoft store if on the Mac side you're looking for an accessible RSS reader Vienna is the one I would recommend oh Vienna that's a really good um... <laughs> thank god you didn't sing that otherwise we'd have to pay well that's right it's absolutely you're absolutely <laughs> thank goodness i can't sing but well, Vienna's no. really good it's a brilliant RSS reader and the great thing it's is with well it's with all these old things well yeah i know it does feel a bit old school right but actually think about it then you've got control over the feeds you're getting You can still access the websites. Most of these websites are quite difficult to navigate to get the information anyway. So if you can find a really simple way to navigate through all that, get to the story you want to read, you know, using a browser like Microsoft Edge on Windows is brilliant because you've really got an opportunity there to, uh, you know, jump into immersive reader mode, use the read aloud function. That's how I've been consuming a lot of my information now. And um, I mean, I'm I'm just going a different route because essentially I can get a Twitter feed that will give me this information. It's the same thing. That's really. true. You know, it's just—it's just, I, it's just I, I'm choosing to do it this way, with you know, lots of hateful comments in between. Not for yes, me, no, I well, that's, add. <laughs>
1: that's the thing. I do find that Twitter's been a bit convoluted or even polluted. Now it used to mm. be the case that that's what I used it for. You would follow certain groups or organisations or people, and you would get like a, a news stream, basically. But
0: that seems to have changed. I find it a lot more mm. yeah, yeah, difficult to find what I want. You know the guy I feel sorry for on Twitter right now. There's one guy I feel <laughs> sorry for. His name is John Lewis. Now, if you don't know this oh. story, and if you're in, if you're outside of the UK, you probably won't know this story. But it's a hilarious story, and it seems to happen every year now. Uh, in the UK, there's a big department store chain called John Lewis, and every year they come out with their big Christmas advert, the big ad for the holidays. And this year they've done the same. They've just announced a new one, and it's all about, uh, and they've really dialed back on the selling. I think because of the cost of living crisis, they're not dialing. They're dialing down on the selling. And what they're talking about in this ad is fostering children. I don't. I assume you're not buying them from John Lewis, um, but you know, no, I, no. I don't think that's how it works. But they're promoting essentially charities that are doing that, which I think is a great thing. But here's the here's the thing for John Lewis himself. John Lewis is a real guy. I mean, not in any way connected to the store. And I'm sure there's a million John Lewis's out there, but this particular John Lewis has the um, at John Lewis as his name on Uh Twitter. And every single year he gets bombarded with people saying, I don't like that advert, or that's the best advert ever, or I hate your store, or I love your store. And he has to go back, and he does go back to every single one of them with a comment about the fact that he's not that John Lewis. He's the real John Lewis. He is a person, not a company. It is so funny. And it's actually become a thing. And I kinda wish they would just get him to do the advert, because it would kind of make sense. Since he, <laughs> he keeps getting bombarded. But you know, he actually does now and, and funny because the, the actual company did tweet him today to say, Look, John, you know, it's we're just about to launch the new ad. Be prepared. Um and I just lo- I just love the way <laughs> this has nice. kind of worked out. It's a great story. So to John he's in the he lives in the US, uh, and this poor guy just gets absolutely You know bombarded every year is so so funny uh look stick around because i want to tell you i want to get away from the twitter topic and i want to get away from facebook and and essentially social media for a little bit i want to dive into apple yes i want to dive into apple accessibility a brand new accessibility (gasps) feature is coming to ios very soon stick around we'll tell you all about it oh it's coming i'm telling you it's coming just stay right there and we'll tell you more Send us your
1: feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at 1 803 4567. You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show.
0: Yeah, welcome back to Double Tap with me and Sean. And uh, did you see? I don't know if you heard this story this week, but uh, Google won the VPN has come to mac and windows now so if you want to uh get on the google one vpn train virtual private network means it oh. won't uh track your browsing or at least um I, I, how does that work does google track your browsing or does anybody track your browsing if it's on google one
1: <laughs> well i'm getting paranoid. It would be, it would be no one tracking your browser i would hope but who knows um,
0: I, I don't know i haven't used it okay well that's that's interesting i i I mean, the good thing about that is, I feel at least that is going to be something that is accessible, right? I mean, in theory, yeah, well, it should
1: be. There's no reason it shouldn't be. Google apps uh, are generally I mean, okay. I'm being Google, yeah. Let's hope it is. I mean, basically, it's for watching Netflix in another country. So um, <laughs> yes. that's the only reason I would use a VPN or watching YouTube. But only with, with this, only I'm, with
0: one password. You know, don't be don't be sharing that password to you know, no, all friends and family. Not. No, I'm not we all, ridiculous. We all do no. it. We all do it. Come on. <laughs> What I do I charge them Really? You ch- oh that's yeah, clever like, Right
1: okay It's like subletting So yeah.
0: now you've announced that Does that mean that They are coming to you now? <laughs> oh yeah Okay sorry Well done Sean um, Apple have announced that They'll be opening A brand new Impressive street facing store I've seen many of these I don't know what's So special about that um, street-facing Street rather facing Street facing As opposed <laughs> to not to street facing Yeah <laughs> It's just, can't we, in. we've done it where we've put the, the back to it so here's a tradesman's entrance <laughs> in the front um but yes uh it's starting in vancouver in british columbia friday november 18th so there you go if you're uh just in time for holidays to go and buy all your you know mac related needs oh, are you one of these that just go for a browse around at apple store come on Nate. oh come on i love it no why oh, why I, they I got do, nice I tables it. Yeah, I'll give them. That. Yeah, they do, they do, they do have nice stuff. But no, not the big story of the day, though, really, frankly, is we're saving the the big story here. Apple. Now, it says apparently is working uh, on, but I think there's there's proof here, the strong proof of this, on a new custom accessibility mode for iOS. Now, this came out in the beta release, uh, which is we're up to sixteen point two on the beta release. So there I am last night. I get, I dig out my iPhone SE. I'm like, right, come on, let's get the beta on. Uh, mm-hmm. so i I download the beta for sixteen point two and I get it all set up and i'm looking through it ah, here we go Christmas is coming and you know Fantastic. let's let's find this and it's not there now the reason it's not there and if I just read a little bit further in the article <laughs> yeah. it tells me it's because uh it's actually just under the hood essentially they found codes for it and they have actually put up some um detail here i mean it's not just it's not as simple as just you know that this is just a theory um no it's not just one
1: label in the code that they found they have found actual you know source code there that that
0: that describes what this and there are images accessibility will do yeah there are images which are showcasing what this will be like so let me explain this a little bit because this i think is something that's very different for apple if i'm honest um but very reminiscent of something else i've seen before let let me uh, talk you through this so Basically, the um, iOS 16.2 beta 2 was released on Tuesday, and then developers, um, you know, basically get a chance to make sure their apps are up to date on it and, and everything else. And the company will update the devices probably roughly at some point in December. I don't know when, but some point in December we'll get this new 16.2 update. Um, and that usually just comes along as part of the, the usual update cycle. But under the hoods, nine um, to five Mac have been reporting that uh, they've found a new custom accessible uh, accessibility mode that will provide a streamlined experience for iPhone and iPad. Okay, so not just the iPhone. Now, it's codenamed Clarity, and oh. the new mode basically replaces Springboard, which is actually the name of the main iOS interface. Did you know that? Yes, yes, of course I did. Liar. Um, <laughs> Takes me back to the jailbreaking days, springboard. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny actually. It's funny you say that. That does ring a bell from that point. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is going to replace that. At least you know, by choice, you can choose to have either or uh, with a more streamlined one. So the feature, which is not available in the current beta uh, and is not available to users yet, will be available as an accessibility option, aimed at making the iPhone and iPad interface more user friendly for those users who find it too complicated. Now I have to say, this is usually when people start getting into trouble when they use language like that. And I did I am I'm going mm. to tell you that if you're if you're playing um accessibility bingo at home, uh, yes you are <laughs> going to hear the phrase this is good for elderly people. Uh that is going to come up a bit later in this article. Um I think this is actually useful for a lot more people than elderly people, but yes, I, I agree that as one group that will benefit. Uh so yes, essentially it is a customizable, streamlined way to use your iPhone and iPad. Um they say that in some ways it should work similarly to guided access mode, which lets That's people, exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, lets you lock your device to a single app. Um, which I guess is well, how this works, right?
1: I think there's some more restrictions as well. With this new one, they're talking about you know uh, uh, disabling some hardware buttons as well. So um, again,
0: yeah, optionally, optionally,
1: yeah, yeah, again, it, it's restricting certain options and making it. I
0: mean, I suppose the code name actually works really well. Clarity. It's just trying to clean it all up. So here's some examples. You can set things like a user interface with larger text. Um, you can even make uh, little, you know, the icons on the screen much bigger, I think up to four times the size of their existing. So, you know, I think at the, I don't know what the grid is just now, what is it, 20 or maybe 24 apps you can get on a Something home screen? Like that, yeah. You could probably have about four or even six on there. That's oh, the size it's getting, difference. It's so, like Synaptic. It, yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. But also, it's like something else. Again, it's something I've seen before that reminds me of this. But anyway, um, you can set large text. You can uh, have apps on the home screen uh, available. Uh, you can have allowed contacts and access to hardware buttons for when custom accessibility mode is enabled. Now, a password can be set as well. This is quite cool. To prevent others from changing these settings. Now, I don't know if that's one of those we're trying to keep the bear out or the bear in moments. So um, (laughs) is that to help, is that to stop someone who's in the, let's call it easy mode. um, Easy mode. I like how you come up with your
1: own names. Yeah, well, Um, I-
0: Yeah, Yes. let's let's go through this. Uh, Also, um, a triple click on the side button or home button will quickly enable and disable custom accessibility mode. Now, for many people uh, who use accessibility features, you'll know that is the accessibility shortcut. Um, So you can add it to that. You know, you could have in there lots of different things. You could have custom accessibility mode. You could have voiceover. You could have Zoom magnifier, whatever you want in there, frankly. Now, once the mode is activated, 9to5Mac says even the interface of the apps becomes extremely simplified. This is interesting. Even the apps change under this new look as well. Um, Mm. Because if you think about it, how many times have we talked about Synaptic or we've talked about any of these systems where as soon as you leave the walled garden, you're back into the world that is... You know, so let me a good example of this. If I was using, say, a Synaptic device, and I go into yeah. my banking app, the banking app is not going to live inside the the uh, user interface that Synaptic has created. It's going to be its own user interface. Yeah, that's true. Which means that the text is too small, I can't read it. All those things, right? So they're saying that will not be the case here. That the apps would change. Mm. Do you believe
1: that? I mean, it depends how they're doing this, but if there's a third-party... Because it, it mentions messaging in particular, right? How this could be made much simpler if if this mode is turned on. But then, would third-party apps have to redesign their UI for this mode as well? Or how would it work? I don't know. So, yeah,
0: it's yeah, interesting. I don't know. I mean, they have put pictures up uh, which is not great on the radio, I admit, but um, they have put pictures up to try and explain this. <laughs>
1: the radio for blind people.
0: And, and they're calling great. it they're calling it Clarity UI, right? So that's what they're kind of calling this. Now, that sounds like that's something that would have to be enabled by the application, you would think. So that'll yes. be interesting to see what, what the capability with that is. It says, now, even though Apple has been working on this feature with iOS 16.2, it is unclear whether it will become available to users in that official release or with the... Um, you know, or an update possibly in a future version of iOS. There's no detail yet on when this will show up. Ideally, it would show up in 16.2. They do uh, provide some exclusive screenshots using this particular interface. The lock screen is simplified with a hold down to enter with uh, the entire home screen, uh, once you're in, having giant icons and no dock. Hmm. Apple's okay. native apps will eliminate almost every aspect of the regular interface in favor of focusing on important and large elements. So you see on screen for example, uh, like it says this hold down to enter, which is interesting because that then it's almost like the home button is back, right? That's what it sounds like. It's like they're making yeah, the screen true. the home button. Yeah. Um so that's one thing, and then the applications on there are huge, four massive icons. Um, And then you go into the Messages app, for example, and you can see uh, the messages are, again, everything is large. They have it in box style. Now, I did read earlier that you can have it in grid or box style, so it can be either or um, the way you want. But, you know, texts would be much larger to read. Um, The number would be much larger to read. The, uh, the, The bottom part of the screen, it has the text field box, which says write a message, and then below that a back button. And that's all that's on the screen, nothing else. Uh, and the same would apply to the camera as well. So, you know, this is... I, I'm, I do find this really interesting. It's the first time I've seen Apple um, change their UI in this way. In fact, it's something that a lot of people would, I think, are really want, or welcome.
1: It's almost like, yeah, you could make a kiosk mode out of a, an yeah. iPhone or an iPad. I, I don't know. I don't... I, I get it. But again, I do feel slightly... This is this is me. I think this is on me. I do feel slightly. What are you saying that disabled people can't use the standard user interface? I do get a little bit of that, and I know I know I shouldn't, and I know there is a,
0: an absolute need for this.
1: I, yeah, do you know I'm who this is, is sure. for? This is.
0: I mean, I know they're going to say it's for elderly people, right? That's the classic thing, you know, elderly people yeah. are all stupid, they don't know anything, so that you know, give them big big buttons. But you well, know, isn't
1: that the same thing? Yeah, that's, that's not that's true. The point.
0: I don't buy yeah. that. I think actually, what this is for. This is for someone like me, a few years back, who could really have benefited from having that kind of simplified setup, to be able to use the same device without having to go out and spend a lot of money on Synaptic. I worry about the future of companies, not exclusively Synaptic, but I worry about those kind of companies who are making specialist devices now because I can I can hear my I can hear the keyboards mm-hmm. being tapped now with people saying, yep. "Hang on, Stephen, hang on." We need to have options. And yes, options are good. But again, think about cost. You know, I I'm, I know that we were talking about this yesterday, about the, the cost of devices. But you can pick up a secondhand iPhone, an iPhone SE, an iPhone 8 even, for a really low price. And then you have this software which is just on there, maybe a couple hundred dollars, and you've got something that's super powerful and now even more accessible. Uh, and I can see this being really popular for those people who are in that middle ground. Yeah, for you and I, this might not be something we we would benefit from, but I would have used this setting. And I'll tell you where I saw this before. I saw something very similar. Now, and it may still be there. I don't know. I don't think it is. But Samsung used to have easy mode. That's where I get the name from. Samsung yes, used to have easy right. mode. And it was exactly the same thing. It was a simplified was. user yep. interface and exactly the same thing, larger buttons, not as customizable as this sounds. Um. You know, and, and, you know, of course, the big question, will it work with voiceover? Well, I'd be very surprised if it didn't. Of course um, it will. It must be. absolutely work with voiceover. I mean, I can yes. almost, I, I'm not going to sit, put my house on it because I've already given my iTunes acceptance to every terms and conditions <laughs> they've given. So I, I'm sure I've probably signed it away already. But isn't it interesting, right? We, we don't even have to worry about that side of it. We know that would all work. And again, that adds another layer, another potential to someone who wants to learn voiceover. And who maybe wants to Absolutely. get to know voiceover in a really simplified way, this is a good way to learn it. Yeah, an introduction
1: to your smartphone, right? I mean, yeah, it makes total sense to me. Depends how much of a setup you need to do. Is there just a, you know, during iPhone setup, for example, you know, when sometimes you choose whether you want the zoomed in or the normal desktop springboard or whatever it is, hmm. is there going to be, do you want easy mode or standard mode? You know, uh, then I could, yeah, I could actually, yeah, I could well, see this, is this being going to useful. be
0: this is going to be inside accessibility settings. Um, so that's where you're going to find it. That um, no, doesn't
1: mean it can't be in the initial setup of an iPhone, though. No. You could still I mean, we, have it, so it
0: enabled it. On the screen, based on what we've got from 9to5Mac um, here, um, custom accessibility mode, the screen comes up, and it says custom accessibility mode creates a streamlined phone experience, streamlined, um, large UI, and customizable. And then you get started. And then there's an option that says preferred layout. And you've got rows equals words, grids equals images. And then you can choose grids or, or lists. And then it says other preferences oh. like text size, dark mode, and accessibility customizations will apply to custom accessibility mode. And then once you go right. in further to that, you have the option to turn it on. You have preferred layout, which is the grids or lists. Uh, Hang on.
1: So, I really don't want to st- interrupt you. I'm sorry, but... That's really interesting. Are you saying you could have your 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 home screen
0: as a list? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think that's well. That would be the if it's saying you can choose between grids, list equals words or grid equals icons. Then yeah, you could have your if that's true. That's quite nice. Um, and then you know allow volume buttons. You can turn that on or off. That's the physical, obviously, the only physical buttons you've really got. Um, you can also have an emergency services button, uh, emergency keypad. Uh, show emergency contacts button as well, and then applications that says manage apps, which allows you to, well, I guess, control individual settings. But that yeah. I, I have to say, I know that people might think, well, why are you so excited about this? Do you know? I think it's just because it opens this device up to a lot of new people you know, in a really s- simplified way. I'm not saying, you know, I hate sometimes when people get all worked up about easy mode. There's nothing wrong with easy mode. I I would probably use it in this setting, if I'm honest. If it works better with voiceover, <laughs> I'll live in that. I don't care. Yeah, again,
1: like, again, I, I'm putting my hands up and say there's something that irks me about, you know, oh, you need easy mode. I, I, I don't mm. know what that is, and, and that's on me, but... Yeah, I yes, like you sir, I, I Yes, thank you. I think if I'm Synaptic or, or whoever, I would be slightly worried
0: right now because it does seem like Apple's coming after your dinner right now. Yeah, nothing unusual there, right? Um, so there you go. You can let us know your thoughts. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can also drop us a voice message to 1-877-803-4567. Now, lots of you have been getting in touch and uh, my comments on Twitter have not been going unnoticed, Sean. Uh, Uh, Greg has been in touch to share his views. And uh, let's hear from Greg as Laura reads the email.
3: Hello, Stephen and Sean. This is Greg from Phoenix. I was listening to your Wednesday show and have a comment about something Stephen said about Twitter. Rather than tweet you and call you names as so many people are apt to do on Twitter, I thought I'd just offer a different opinion and actually start a conversation with you. I know, this is so old fashioned. <laughs> Stephen, I won't try to quote you, but at one point, when you and Sean were talking, the topic of people leaving Twitter as a protest came up. What I got from what you said is that you do not feel that this is a worthwhile thing to do, and if you quit Twitter, it would make no difference. I disagree. Years ago, when I could still see, I was what is known as the programme director at a TV station. Basically, a programme director is responsible for buying television programmes and scheduling them to run on the TV station. In the US, as you probably know, there are services that figure out how many people watch each show and give the demographics of that audience. These are so-called ratings, and the higher the ratings, the more you can sell advertising that runs during that show. So, you're probably asking yourself, what does this have to do with Twitter? And when is Greg ever going to get to the point? (laughs) Here is the parallel. (laughs) Whenever one of our viewers would call me to complain about the trash programmes that I bought and ask me how I could live with myself for placing such tripe on air, I had the same answer. Thank you for telling me what you don't like. The reason I bought it is because the ratings show me that people want to watch these programmes. The only real way viewers like you have to show me and my counterparts at other stations that they don't want this show, or shows like it, is to stop watching. If enough individuals stop watching, the ratings will go down. Advertisers will see that ratings went down and will stop paying us as much to run their ads in the show. And, ultimately, people like me will stop airing those shows that our audience don't watch. Twitter is the same. If you don't like the service anymore, for whatever reasons, tell them why. If they don't fix it, stop using Twitter and or delete your account. Then, if enough people do this, advertisers will see that fewer people are using Twitter and pay Mr Musk less to advertise. Plus fewer people will pay him $8 per month to have a blue check mark next to their name and revenue will go down. Stock prices will then go down and someone at Twitter will either fix what their former users said they broke or they will go out of business. The worst case scenario is that they won't change but you will not have to suffer through using the product that you no longer like or have faith in. So... I'm not advocating that people stay or go from Twitter. However, I do not subscribe to the view that what individuals do won't make a difference. Consumers who tell a company what they are displeased with and then take the action of stopping the usage of the products that they are not happy with are doing the only but most effective thing they can do to protest. Just remember, if they fix whatever you were displeased with, then start using the product again and tell them why you came back so they get the positive reinforcement for the things they do well. Okay, enough on that. Stephen and Sean keep geeking out just like you do now for us. You're good at it. I like it, so I listen. If you stop, I promise to tell you why, and if you don't fix it, I'll stop listening. If the mysterious Mr F sees that there are enough of us who don't like listening to you, he'll pull the plug on you. Please don't, Mr F. I really like listening to these guys. See? (laughs) TV stations, Twitter and The Blind Guy podcasts all work basically the same in a free market. Too bad there is not a lot of demand for blind guys working in television. This brought back good memories of that old job. Your devoted listener, Greg.
0: Wow, thank you, Greg. Um, Amazing. I will say, though, there is one number I'm going to give you which proves everything you've just said wrong. Oh, steady. 396.5 million. That is the number of people who are currently using Twitter. So, yeah, you leaving isn't going to make a jot of difference. No, neither no. Neither no, is no. me going, Sean going. If we, if we all we go. We all it doesn't that, make any no, difference. No. I, know, I Look, I know this show's popular, right? I mean, you know, I don't like to brag, <laughs> But, you know, it's not. I don't think there's 396 million people listening. I'd like to think there is, but I don't yeah. think there is. Um, no, there definitely isn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, there's the same argument against recycling, right? What's the point of me putting my, you know, my... There's absolutely my, no point soda can in the recycling yeah, what difference no does it make because well, if we all do it then it does make a difference and that that individual that oh well I, what i don't make a difference yes you do if other otherwise we don't do anything and nothing ever changes i'm with you greg yeah it's
0: not gonna make any difference but i, I look i i love <sighs> that is. you have that passion and believe that that would make some kind of difference but honestly it, it just isn't so i'm sorry to burst bubbles but you know do I agree
1: Okay. Well, we'll leave it there. We can respectively, respect, respectively, disagree. I want to. I want
0: to see how long it takes you to get that word out right.
1: Respectively,
0: respectively, respectively. Is that what you're aiming
1: at? No, I don't like that one. No, I'm not looking for that one. Excellent.
0: Speaking of um, emails, well done, Greg. uh, Yeah, this one's maybe going to not be well liked by you. This is Dean from New Zealand. His With (laughs) More comments. Here's Laura reading the email.
3: Hi, Stephen, and, oh, all right, Sean. Thanks for the nice Laura reading my second email to you. First of all, I'm just thinking, you may be interested to know that on Tuesday, the 25th of October, my app switcher problems are now at an end. Yay. With iOS 16.1, the app switcher is how it's meant to be, swiping up with one finger, lift for app switcher, and bingo, there they all are, in all their glory, on the screen. And I can delightfully turn them off. So this is really a great outcome. I have to say, Sean has been better behaved, so keep it up. The show is a lot better for this. Please don't make me have to write again about Sean's behaviour. I don't take pleasure in doing this. Dean from New Zealand.
1: As you told. He's quite right, yes. Thank you, Dean. And I was going to mention that because it does say in 16.1 release notes that it fixes that smart invert and app switcher problem. So I kept meaning to bring that back up, that I wasn't sure if that would have fixed your issue, and I'm glad it has. 16.1.1 has been released today, people, if you're interested. Bug fixes, I don't know, but it does say for a security update.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, let's get one more comment uh, before we go. Okay.
3: As much as I want the Envision glasses, you are limited to the platform it supports. I just had a video call with my mum using my iPhone SE and Google Meets. Moving the camera around was awkward, but it got the job done. Currently... Is it possible to get glasses with a camera and use Bluetooth to push the content to the glasses while letting your phone be the driver? In other words, let's say you want to use Seeing AI. Could the glasses just sync with the phone and show whatever is on the screen, so that someone on the other end could see what you're looking at, but you decide which apps are used? It would be like having a TV on your head. Then, you could use a Bluetooth headset. Better yet, since I just got the Bose frames for my birthday, it would be great if a camera could be attached somehow. It would be a modular setup. Think of the possibilities for iOS and Android users. Hope this makes sense. Rebecca.
0: Yeah, that is uh, Rebecca Skipper writing it. I, I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves with all this, and I think we're trying to create, you know, I, I just, I, I in my head see people wearing GoPros attached to cameras, attached to, you know, speakers, attached to, you know, <laughs> glasses. That? Sounds good uh, to me. It's, it's I don't know. It's like, uh, no.
1: Mm. Let's no, just no, wait no, that's what we, we- want. No, uh, that, you stop waiting for Apple Glass. You'll be waiting for it. Stop it. I, I've no.
0: given up on Apple Glass. I'll be honest. Even if Apple Glass oh, does come out, wow. I have no faith anymore okay. it is going to have what I want in it. I mean, put it this way. If you want a camera on there, forget it. That is not going to happen. LiDAR? Possibly. And that could be interesting. But that doesn't sound like what Apple are bringing out. That sounds like they're going to bring out an equivalent of what the Meta Quest Pro is. Um, mm. how's, that, how's that going, uh, Mark? Is that selling? Just wondering. Yeah. Um, Clearly not. Think, We've just sight to eleven thousand people. So I'm guessing that's not going yeah, so well. Yeah,
1: that's not doing great. Um, I, I don't quite get what you're talking about there, Rebecca, with the pairing of the glasses and and Bluetooth in the screen to the glasses. Um, Bluetooth is far too restricted. There's not enough bandwidth to to send video. Wi-Fi is even a struggle. That's the problem. With Wi-Fi all this. connection. That's what the the issue is with all this. Uh, the standalone, you you need to be tethered to the phone to have a chance of sending video to your phone
0: or vice versa. And, and no uh, one's succeeded at this, not really, no. not really. I mean, you've you've tried the RX. You weren't overly impressed with the no. And I don't think the video quality is that great. It clearly can't be because otherwise the, the, the you know it would pick up better what it's what it's seeing. It doesn't yeah, help. I, I don't know a, a bunch of blind people testing this. It doesn't. No. Oh help, <laughs> well, I mean, how good's who the else camera?
1: I don't know. Saved us. Yeah, I don't know how good the camera <laughs> is, but uh, yeah. Sadly, Rebecca,
0: that's that's not the, the not a reality as of yet. Listen, well, so we're out of time. It's been a really interesting one today. Lots to talk about, and we'll be back tomorrow with lots more. Um, join us if you can. Remember, keep your feedback coming. Feedback at one dot com. One eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Thank you, Sean. Respectfully, thank you, Stephen.